Welcome and thank you for visiting us for today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis. For more information regarding our ministry, please stay tuned until after the following message. St. John chapter 8 today. This is going to be kind of a strange little sermon, but they all have been the last few weeks. That's just the way that it is. All right. We're going to go to the 44th verse of John chapter 8 today. Would you believe me if I told you there's some lies in the Bible? See, I always get out there where angels fear to tread. Notice I didn't say the Bible was a lie. So don't start thinking carnal-minded here. When I look at the Scripture, and if you'll read the Scripture, it's like another person is recording what's going on, but another person isn't there. It's all that way. I submit to our pure minds today the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. He recorded all the events, the conversations, and everything. Holy Spirit heard, and he had it penned exactly the way that it was. That's the truth. You are your father, the devil, the lust of your father you will do. Man, that's tough right there from Jesus. He was a murderer from the beginning, and abode not in the truth, because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. Now, has Satan ever said anything that was recorded in the scripture? And it's a lie. Or a half truth. What's the difference? Then when we go to Genesis chapter 3, and let's look at verse, verse 1, we'll start there. Now, I want you to think about this. Who was there recording this conversation? Now, the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Now, who heard what he said to the woman? Yea, as God said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden. The woman said to the serpent, We may eat of every fruit of the trees of the garden. Well, that was true, except... Uh, then she goes on to say to, to, to bear witness to, to the true statement but the fruit of the tree in which in the midst of the garden God has said you shall not eat of it now that's true neither shall you touch it now, that's not true lest you die now that's true the serpent said to the woman you shall not surely die that was a lie Are you getting the point of the message this morning? For God does know that in the day that you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as God's. That's a lie. Knowing good and evil, that's true. So how do you figure figure these things out? Well, you have to know how to rightly divide the Word of God. And that takes time. 
takes discernment. The Holy Spirit has to be the one teaching you what is true and what is false, even though it's all true statements, but some statements are lies in the Scripture. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? But if we can't discern who's talking, then we can get off in false doctrine and err from the faith, and it could cost us our soul. First off, you have God talking in the Bible. You have the Spirit talking. You have Jesus talking, or God, God the Godhead. You have people talking. You have redeemed people talking, unsaved people talking. You have angels talking. The devil is talking. You have fallen angels speaking. You have demons speaking. And you've got to know how to rightly divide the Word of God or you'll get all mixed up. See? How many understands that now? Now we know that God cannot lie. Don't we? God cannot commit evil. But he knows about it. Unfortunately, people can commit evil and know about it at the same time. Now, we know what good is, don't we? If we're saved, we know what good is. And we also know what evil is, so we have knowledge of that. But that's because we've participated in that. God cannot participate in evil because there's no evil in God. He's totally perfect, holy, and one that we can trust. Now when we go to Genesis chapter 12 and verse 13, you say, what's the purpose of this? Well, we must learn how to write the divided word of God or we'll be tossed to and fro our whole life and be a defeated Christian all the days of our life until we learn out, we learn what is absolute truth Who's talking? What's applicable to our lives and what isn't? For example, if Satan says something, I'm not going to base my salvation on what that stupid devil said. Nor demons, nor even people. But now when the Holy Spirit's recording this, it's for our benefit so we won't make the same mistakes and blunders that are recorded in the Scripture. In chapter 12 and verse 13, this is talking about, of course, Abram and Sarah. Say, I pray thee, thou art my sister, that it may be well with me for thy sake, and my soul shall live because of thee. So what Abraham is, want, Abraham, Abraham is wanting to do, what he did do, was lie. And it is recorded in the Bible. Therefore, lies are recorded in the Bible However, God is not the author of it. Now, are you going to say with me? You say, well, it wasn't that bad. Well, a lie is a lie. Then when we go to chapter 20 and verse 2 of the same book plays this morning. Now, why did Abraham do that? He was afraid they are going to kill him. Fear. Fear can drive people to do things that's not right and say things that are not right. And faith 
in contrast, always leads us to do what is always right. We will always say what is right. Truth. Faith leads us into truth. Fear lies. And Abraham said to Sarah, his wife, She is my sister. Bimelech, king of Gera, sent and took Sarah. So now we have Abraham saying, Sarah's a sister. But the truth, everybody said the truth is. Half-sister. And so it was a half-truth, but a half-lie. But you know what? The way God sees it, if it's a half-lie, it's a lie. Out's your amen. Think about it. We can repent today if we've been caught in a half-truth. All right. Now in 2 Timothy 3.16, so we have these, these accounts in the Scripture that are true, but... The, the events that were recorded by the Holy Spirit came about because of a lie. 2 Timothy 3.16, everyone knows this one here today. All Scripture, everybody say all Scripture. That means Old Testament and New See, Jesus quoted the Old Testament, Deuteronomy, Isaiah, and he came to fulfill it. The scripture is given by inspiration of God. In other words, all the scripture is God-breathed, infallible, absolute truth, error-free. Now, if the devil can get us to believe that the original writings by the prophets of old were false, you can never be saved. Because it's a slight and a slap in the face of the Holy Spirit. All scriptures are given by inspiration of God. Profitable for doctrine, reproof, correction, for instruction, and in, in righteousness. So that's the reason we have the word of God, so we will understand proper doctrine. Uh, false doctrine comes by a half-truth. When a half-truth comes and you accept a half-truth, you also receive another spirit that isn't from God. Oh, it doesn't get in you, but it plagues you. The spirit of your mind's tormented. I see that a lot in people. Now in Titus chapter 1 and verse 3, well, I don't think I like what you said about the Bible having lies in it. Well, the truth is, it does have lies that are recorded. Are you going to say Abraham didn't lie? No, of course not. Because he did. Now, in the first verse of Titus, Paul, a servant of God, an apostle of Jesus Christ, according to the faith of God's elect and the acknowledgement of the truth which is after godliness, I hope of eternal life which God that cannot lie. That's what I want to get to. God cannot lie. Promise before the world began. Then these last times, but uh, hath in due times manifest his word through preaching. So truth comes to our hearts through preaching, but it always lines up with the truth of God's word. Even though we have to expose some lies that are, that are recorded in the Word of God. Like Satan said, you'll be gods. No, that's not true. Humans will never be God. 
And I get in trouble for bashing churches. I'm not bashing churches, but Mormons teach that you'll become a god. That's a lie. We'll never be God. We can be Christ-like. See? But we'll never evolve to being God. We're sons of God, all right? But now, Jesus said this in St. John 17, 70. He said, you know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So because we have knowledge of good and evil, right and wrong, lies and truth, we can know the truth concerning all the subjects that are pertinent to our salvation and our overcoming victory in this life. And we can rightly divide it, apply what's applicable, and those lines that are recorded in the scripture, we can be sure we don't do that. Amen. Because there's a penalty. Okay? One of the commandments says, Thou shalt not lie. Now, the Lord recorded these to repeat myself for our own benefit that we wouldn't fall into the same pit. I asked a historical, a history teacher one time, I said, do you believe that history repeats itself? He said, no, not really. He said, people just do the same mistakes all the time. Well, however you want to look at it, history does seem to repeat itself. And about every 200 years, the civilizations fall, and America is right there. So the Bible then not only contains the truth, it is the truth. There is no other relevant truth outside of the Scripture. But the point I'm making, some of you are stumbling at it, is that in the truth of God's Word, the Holy Spirit has seen fit to pin some lies that took place, so we'd understand what happened. And how would you like to have your life recorded and written in a book? <laughs> huh? Now we can repent and, and get it erased, but these guys, well, sure, the believers repented, but then it was recorded for our benefit that we wouldn't make the same mistakes. All right, God knows what he's doing, doesn't he? So what I'm trying to say then, there are certain recorded lies in the truth. Boys are going to be like, like a lead balloon. I've already told you the Bible is inspired of God. Error free. So if there's an error and you're thinking, you're the one that's got a problem. All right. But in 2 Timothy 2.15, that's almost 3.16, 2.15, now, this is where we need to bear down here. Study to show yourself approved unto God. But if you don't know how to write the divide the word of God, how can you study effectively? Well, you cannot. So someone has to teach you, or I should say gets to teach you, how to study the word of God. Really, it isn't an option. God has commanded his people to study his word. Amen. Therein lies the truth. He sends his word and he heals them. See, his word is inspired of God. Amen. To repeat, the Holy Spirit is the author of the Bible. He used men to record it 
But like, for example, Moses, all right? Moses wasn't there when Satan tempted Eve, was he? Have you studied that much? Moses wasn't there, but God took him back and showed him, and he heard what was said. Now, the only one that was there was the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit eliminated the mind of Moses, and he heard supernaturally what was said. He recorded verbatim what happened. We have in the book of Genesis all the Bibles that way. You must accept it as the Word of God. It doesn't just contain the Word of God. It is the Word of God. All right. Study to show yourself approved unto God. And what the church does is take something that some turkey said that was recorded in the Bible, but it wasn't meant to be proper doctrine. It was a lie. Still don't get it, do you? Well, you're going to have to figure this out. That lets me know you haven't studied enough to understand what's relevant and what needs to be discarded concerning you now, this time period we live in. So that's my assignment to try to teach you people what's right and what's wrong. Because apparently you don't know. That's right, you don't know. Now, so I have the message today. When we look at the Bible, when we read the Bible, we must ask ourselves a question, who is talking? Who? God's talking to the whole thing. No, he isn't. If you read Jeremiah or any of the prophets, they can be talking in the the first person, I. Uh, Or they can be talking about themselves, let's say. But then as they, they, they're, they're being born along, pinning the scripture, uh, inspiration comes, and now suddenly God's talking through them, and God's the one speaking here. Then it shifts back to the prophet again. It's all inspired, error-free, but you've got to understand there are times when Jeremiah was talking, and there are times when God was talking through Jeremiah. Amen. It's that way in all the Bible. You see, this Bible is the only book in the world that is the Word of God. Now, there's other books in the world, uh, Quran, excuse me, Quran, and Book of Mormons, this and that. They, they read some scripture, but they twist it, and it's all jungled up mess. Not inspired. Furthermore, the Bible, our Bible, the... the, the uh, Christian Bible is the only book in the world that claims inspiration. No other books in the world, no holy books claim inspiration. Only this one. Secondly, this Bible cannot be disproved. I don't have to prove to people the Bible is the Word of God. They've got to disprove that it is. Can't be done. Amen. So our faith then is grounded in the infallibility of of God's Word, even though there are some lies and half-truths recorded therein. Snag, snag. Let's go to John chapter 8 and verse 41. Now, you tell me, is this a truth statement or a lie? You do the deeds of your father. Then said they to him, We be not born of fornication, 
For we have one Father, even God. Was Jesus born in fornication? They just got through saying he was. So that's a lie. Are you getting the message today? And yet we've got movies that are being put out in our fair country that Jesus was having relations with Mary. It's ridiculous. And yet some of the gullible public believes it. Because they haven't had a preacher tell them what is right and what is wrong. Well, I'm going to tell you right now, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary. He had no sin. He was not born of fornication. He had no earthly father. He was the living word, the second person of the Trinity. He left heaven, took up the womb of Mary, known today as the Lord Jesus Christ. Supernatural. Everything about God is supernatural. Now who knew Jesus, uh, the word, left heaven and took up the womb of the Virgin Mary? The Holy Spirit's the only one that knew it. He revealed it through a process of time, years, thousands of years to the prophets, and we have it all recorded in the Word of God, from Genesis to Revelation. And while I'm ranting and raving this morning, there are no new revelations. These guys have to come up with a gimmick to get people to come to church. If the Word of God isn't good enough, we're not going to make it. There are no, there's nothing new under the sun. It may be new to this generation, and it's up to my generation to endeavor to teach the next generation coming up the Word of God. But it's nothing new. All right. So don't run to and fro, toss to and fro over every window doctrine, looking for some special revelation. And all the time, no human being has dibs on all the Word of God and all the knowledge contained therein. We know it in part, we prophesy in part. And so today we take what God gives us and we're glad to get something. All right. So that was the insult and a lie that they accused Jesus of being born of fornication. And yet the Holy Spirit recorded it so that we would know what they said. Now, when we go to Psalms 82 and verse 6, I guess you're doing a little better now. Now here's, I just picked a few. It's all through the Bible. See? I have said you are gods, and all of you are children of the Most High God. Now if we don't understand the Word of God, we could misapply that and try to teach that we're all little gods. Uh, that, word, those God, that word gods is a small g. How many notice that? Secondly, you're all children of the Most High God. That's not true. You've got to be born again or be in Israel at this time to be considered children of God. So we know we're talking about Israel here and not the church. The church didn't exist in these days. So what does it mean? Well, God appointed Israel to judge. And they were His chosen people. Therefore, It doesn't mean that they're gods. It means that they were to be the judges. Then we got the doctrine you're not supposed to judge. Well, I'll tell you, you better read the book of Judges. Huh? Amen. You see, the gospel is so watered down today that there's no power. Now, I'm going to make a statement now, and you're all going to get upset. 
but that's all right. I already got the offering. Hallelujah. There will be no revival without repentance. Just fooling yourself. That's the reason the bottom falls out on Monday and Tuesday after you have a good church service because there are things we all need to repent of. Which means change your mind, admit that what you're doing is wrong. The longer you hold on to it, the drier it's going to get. Well, what starts this repentance? Ah, it starts in individuals. Why not repent? Is that a nasty word? I mean, if we wanted to have a repentance convention, I'd be a lonely man. Because I didn't want people to want to hear. There'll be no revival without it. Go through the Bible, the book of Acts. It's always repent and be converted every single time. Repent. Kingdom of heaven's at hand. Repent. That means change your mind, change your direction. I'm sorry. You can't even be saved without godly sorrow. Repentance come to your mind. You change your mind about what you're doing that's wrong. You know right and wrong. And I do too. You deal with it. Too many people who go to church are in denial. Denial. Oh, I'm not so bad. Who says? If we're not repenting, we're lukewarm. So it's my job to find something to make you feel bad so you'll repent and feel better. Not really. The Holy Spirit's the one that convicts. Truth is truth. But it's a good thing. We get rid of stuff that's not pleasing to the Lord when He shows us and we... We turn from it, we turn from it. That's the reason some of you are asking forgiveness every single day for the same thing. Because you haven't repented. Once you repent and let it go, you don't have to ask for forgiveness anymore. There could be no revival without repentance. Who has taught you that? I just, I don't know. If we don't have a revival, I think I'm going to move to Canada. And all the rest of the people hate Trump. I know this much. The Bible says, in truth, that Christ will have a glorious church. Without a spot or wrinkle, that means everybody's going to repent, everybody's going to be saved, everybody's going to be healed, everybody's going to be filled with the Holy Ghost, everybody's going to be ready to make the rapture, or go by the way of the grave. It doesn't make any difference, but the point is we're overcomers. There's only one way. You go up by going down on your knees. So if I took this verse then, I've said you're gods, and made a doctrine out of it, We might as well join the Mormon church. To repeat, we will never be God. There is no such thing as reincarnation. It's all a lie. Now, in John 9.31, I better quit here pretty quick now. You're not making me feel very good. Folks, truth is truth. You know what? If we can't rejoice over the truth, then I, I, I guess we're a reputable. 
Now, you know, in John 9, 31. Now, are we going to make a doctrine out of this lie? Now, we know that God hears not sinners. Is that a true statement? Is anybody listening over here? The Bible said in that verse, we know that God doesn't hear sinners. And I submit to our pure minds, if God doesn't hear sinners, then how do we get saved? So I can't make a doctrine out of that lie. So I've got to figure out who in the world's talking here. The Holy Spirit penned it so that we could figure out who's talking. So that we can know that we know that we know and not just think that we know. Now we know that God hears not sinners. But if any man be a worshiper of God and does his will, does his will him he hears. So now they're holier than everybody else. I see that a lot in the church. Well, God's not going to listen to that guy. He just got saved yesterday. You know what? You're either saved or you're not. God will answer anybody's prayer that prays in faith, believe me. I don't care if they've been saved one day or 60 years. The principle is the same. We don't gain brownie points from the Lord because we've lived for him 50, 60 years and done many wonderful works. He still answers the same. Well, now you've got to use the name of Jesus. It'll work every time. Well, it didn't work for the seven sons of Sceva. And yet if you go up and say, all you've got to do is use the name of Jesus and it'll work every time. That depends on who's using the name of Jesus right. and how sanctified that vessel is. But if we're going to make a doctrine out of it, we're already off. But you know what? If your name's the book of life, you're born again, you can use the name of Jesus, and that devil has got to bend every time. But if you're in an unrepentant state, because we're spirit beings, Satan picks up on that, he's not going to obey you because there's sin in your life. So what do you do? You make sure you're cleansed of all sin before you start combating the devil. It has nothing to do with your salvation. It's sanctification. See, that's the problem in the church right now. People know how to be saved, hopefully, but they don't know how to be sanctified. Sanctification is instantaneous and yet progressive. If God isn't working on you and changing you, if God isn't working on me and changing me, then I suggest we're illegitimate. <laughs> now, will you accept the fact this morning with me that God does hear sinners? Therefore, that's a lie. Well, I never heard this talk before. Well, you're hearing the talk now. If we don't know how to discern, say discern. I was on that last week. If we don't know how to discern right and wrong, good and bad, what's uh, relevant truth and what is there for our admonition, if we, we, if we can't read the Bible and figure out who's talking, I suggest we're not even saved to start with. If we don't know the difference between the Holy Spirit talking and Satan, we can't even read. You read the book of Acts, and they're always saying, the Spirit said to me. Well, who was there? 
Holy Spirit was there himself. So now he's revealing himself in the process of years and time and books in the Bible. That's the mystery about this Bible. I'll tell you what, it is a wild book. I mean, it's practical, but yet supernatural. Forty men were used to write the scripture over a 1,600 years period. Different background, different cultures, different personalities, and yet God didn't violate their personality or their character, but he bore them along by the power of the Holy Ghost, giving them revelation and inspiration to pen, thus saith the Lord. We must accept that it's true, because it cannot be disproved. All right. Now, the last scripture this morning is 1 Samuel 15. If you start thinking about it, those scores of lies written in the Bible, and yet the Bible is true. Don't run off and say, well, Brother Randy's blessing that the Bible's not true. No, I said the Bible is inspired. It is true. But it contains truth, uh, half-truths, and bare-faced lies. Why did God do it? You'll have to ask him. The Bible is the Bible. The word of God is the word of God. Now, in the 18th verse of 1 Samuel 15, the Lord sent thee on a journey and said, Go and destroy the sinners of the Amalekites. Now, this is talking about Saul and what he was commanded to do, King Saul. All right? And fight against them until they are consumed. The Lord sent you. Everybody say the Lord sent him. All right, now let's look at verse 19. Uh, Wherefore then dost thou not obey the voice of the Lord? Now, why didn't you obey? All right. And, um, but didst fly upon the, the spoil and didst evil in the sight of the Lord. And Saul said to Samuel, Yea, I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. I have obeyed the voice of the Lord. Is that a true statement? Then it's a lie. Are you getting the message today? And yet we have people that preach Saul into paradise. Well, first off, he was rejected by God. Secondly, he committed suicide. Now, Paul said in his writings that if we defile this temple, God will destroy us. You get the Greek and you study out what that word defile means. I can read it this way. If you destroy your temple, God will destroy you. That means suicide will put a person in hell. The only exception would be is if they're not accountable for their actions because of a mental Severe mental illness. My question would be, who caused this? So you see, we're on awful shaky ground here. The best thing to do is just obey the Lord and don't lie about it. All right. He said, I've obeyed the voice of the Lord and have gone the way which the Lord sent me and have brought Agag, the king of the Malachite, and have utterly destroyed all the Malachites. Is that a lie? Yes. He didn't let her destroy them all. He saved some of them. See? And then he lies about this. Well, you know, I saved the animals for the people because we wanted to sacrifice. And, 
And the prophet said, well, if you have made the Lord, what's the, the sound of the sheep I hear, huh? God told you to go and kill everybody, animals and all. Then he made an excuse. Well, I was going to make a sacrifice and worship God, this and that. And God stripped him of his kingship, and Saul went to hell. Folks, that's rough. Here's the point of the whole little sermon this morning. I know you're not shouting about it, but it's true. God fired Saul. I don't know where we're getting the idea that we're, we're expendable. We're not expendable. We are expendable. We get crossways with the Lord. Amen. We're not God's gift to the church. Jesus is. The church has been in existence for 2,000 years. It will continue without me. It will continue without you. So don't think that, you know, you're so holy and spiritual that the church can't exist without you. God is able to raise up a thousand more to take your place. So I walk very softly before the Lord because He doesn't need me. Huh? I want Him to need me. I don't want to do anything that would displease Him. But the truth is, we're all expendable. Now, I'm not saying we'd wind up in hell if God moves us out. But I'm saying we can lose out with the Lord if, we don't, if we're not appreciative of what we are doing right now for Him. I mean, if it wasn't for the ministry of Christ in this church right here, none of you would have anything to do. And that is the truth. So, do you understand what I tried to say this morning? It's like sometimes trying to get the truth through your thick skulls. It's like you can't understand. Do you understand? There's truth in the Bible, and there's lies in the Bible, but God's not the author of the lies. Right. Satan is. We've got to learn how to write the divided word of God. Who's talking, where, what it applies, what time period, and all this stuff. And that takes years to figure that out. That's the reason you need to be in church, so that we can get you all messed up on your theology. Amen. Let's stand to our feet this morning. Praise the Lord. Now listen to me. I don't know everything. But I've put a lot of years in this deal. So I will not tell you wrong. And if I do get tripped up somewhere, I'll be quick to repent. <laughs> okay? You'll be quick to forgive me too, won't you? But I want to tell you right now, whether it makes us feel good or makes us feel bad, I must say like it is. You're going to have to appreciate that. Okay? So now, do we think we can read the Bible and, and figure out a little bit more about what's happening because, see, faith comes by, by reading the Word of God, hearing the Word of God. And uh, it takes it all, the positive and negative, to make us whole. Well, I understand about that, that lying devil. Why did Saul lie and Judas, you know, and you know, all this stuff? And, and yet it's all in the Bible. All right? So we have the Bible. There's so many people in Africa that got one piece, of, one piece of paper, and that's all they got. And they want a Bible so bad. All they got is one piece of paper. Just part of the scripture. They hold on to that because it is the Word of God. 
We hope you enjoyed today's message by Dr. R.L. Davis, pastor and overseer of Zion Word Ministries International. For more information regarding our ministry and mission, please visit us online at zwmi.com. Once again, that's zwmi.com. Or visit us on Facebook at Zion Word Ministries International.